My grandpops was a man of respect. Yeah, had to sweat folks. just to cast and checks. Working from sunrise to set. Every day get challenged. Like they're not going to allow proxies at Adepticon. What? At all? Uh, for any models that have been out for more than a month. Then I am not going to be playing Resurrectionist. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm playing Kidai, I've got all the I've got all the yeah, Kidai yeah. ones, but but I have one flesh construct. It's official now. I got the second one. Here's my question: I When I, I tell the thing to go live, do you hear the little tink noise that that is the game going live, the broadcast going live? Are we live right now? We are back. <laughs> <laughs> I do not hear the noise when you click Welcome up. Welcome to episode no. three yeah. of Mistakes Were Made podcast. I'm Alan Devlin, and this is Rudy. <laughs> He's Alan Devlin, and I am Rudy Schubach. He Let's totally beat me to the punch on that one. Because the last two times I've been like, uh, <laughs> five seconds before I say anything. Oh, man, that's funny stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't make a noise, but it pops up with a little live thing. So now I yeah. know. All right, now you know, yeah. No, I, I like to I like to sort of drop us in with before you know that we're dropping in so we get some candid talk before you realize we're on. I don't know. It seems silly, I, but it works, I guess. I don't think I talk any different when we're on versus off. I don't think either of us do. I think that's why we're so authentic and easy to listen to. Wink. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So wait, maybe I shouldn't have gone live yet. Do we actually know what we're talking about besides just doing an update today? No, let's just let's just meander. It'll be fun. All right, forever, cool. Except for the people listening. It'll be fun for everyone except for our listeners, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so no, uh, I I may have a. Have you registered or no? I have not registered. I'm going to talk to a guy who I know who is a pilot for Alaska to see if I can't get super cheap airfare. And like the minute I have that locked down, I'm going to I'll register. You're going to fly from Alaska? No, not from on Alaska Airlines. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's I mean, an Alaska Airlines pilot. You know, not that he is Alaskan, but he flies. Oh. You're going to drive to Juneau. Yeah. How long of a drive is that, really? Is that I don't know. Hour? It's probably really far. We're going to go through all of Canada. It's probably pretty bad. Anyway. And all of Washington, because I'm in northern Oregon right now. So. Yeah, yeah. you're not actually... Not actually in what Seattle. Like on the Canada border. I no. forget that. Even from Seattle, it's like another four hours to Canada. It's a long way. Uh... And that is your geography update for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Canada is a big and also far away. <laughs> if you were to try to drive to Juneau, you'd have to drive even further. It'd be like a four-day drive. Pretty easy. Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense because I would be driving past Chicago. That's so true. would be the point. Pretty <laughs> silly. But if you can get really cheap airfare, would you drive to Juneau? No. <laughs> like I could drive pretty much anywhere in the world faster than you know. I think <laughs> you couldn't drive to Europe. You said anywhere in the world, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't drive to Europe, or That's you, you couldn't get UK Masters, and as long as it would take you to Juno. Boom! Mind blown. Uh, all right, so uh, Alan, do you have any updates for this week or last or the week before last? I guess. Obviously, we're back because we have data again because it's December. So, 
I've uh, played some games. Right on. <laughs> I two, have also two games. Played. Two games since we last talked. Unfortunately, right after our last podcast, right? Yes, it was like the next day. And that was a game with McMorning. So that That's puts right. me at seven games with McMorning. That's right. You're t- I keep forgetting that our challenges are different. Because when you say you got to seven games with McMorning, I'm like, that's like too, too many games. What are you doing? But you're trying yeah. to get to tens. I'm trying to get to fives. That's right. I mean, I could do fives, I guess. No, no, no. You do what you you do what you're gonna do. It'd be fun. I mean, I to get everybody to five would take a while because I have a bunch of people at zero still. So. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest problem for me too. Is I've got a lot of ones and, and one zero now. Um, I actually did clear one of my goose eggs in that same game. I played Molly versus his McMorning, which was really funny because it's such a, a a reflection on what we used to do. Like, I used to love to play McMorning all the time, and he used to love to play Molly during the beta. So it was like, it was like the the reverse mirror match, I guess. It was also interesting to see you play a master that I have a bunch of experience with. And you play a master that I have a bunch of experience with. That was fun. But the really interesting thing is I played it in a way that you don't typically, which was I did Forgotten Path, uh, which is the spirit version of Molly instead of the um, horror version of Molly. So it was very similar, but completely different also. Yeah. But you didn't summon a lot either. I didn't, yeah. I think my biggest problem with that game was that I don't we, I don't remember a whole lot about it. I just remember Molly scrambling to be in a place that was useful and mostly failing. Yeah, I, got, I remember that I got some really nice flips against stuff early, like with my guild autopsies, and they were just like, oh, I'm going to Red Joker flip, and your bell is now at one wound with poison. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. And it was just like... And then Azamu got taken down real quick. Oh, yeah. Azamu just got nailed to a wall. It was sad. Like, there were so many things that could have had a lot of potential, but either you flipped really good, or I got them in a place where they couldn't do it. Like, I remember trying to get him to a point where he was engaging your ranged guys, your autopsies and, and Sebastian, and he just got picked apart before he could get there. What you're uh, saying is my, my positioning was was better. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I think that was intentional on my part. I was, you know, I, I'm familiar with Azamu, so I'm aware of his melee uh, ranges and being like, oh, I'm going to sit ten and a half inches away from you. Datsuba, again, Datsuba always ends up making me happy in my lists. Like, I love that model. Yeah, she did a lot of work in that game. She really did. And she, I think Her, she did more summoning than Molly got a chance to, but Molly was also true. doing a lot of um, revelationing. Revelation, yeah. She got whispers on McMorning the one turn, which oh, is yeah. brutal. I, I had Entourage on McMorning unrevealed. That was one of my schemes. I remember that. <laughs> And that was brutal. That, and then you summoned a hanged and made yeah. it so you couldn't heal. <laughs> so that was really rough. You're at seven health, and you can't heal anymore. And I know that's McMorning stick, so suck it. <laughs> and then he proceeded to, like, I think, I don't know how I didn't die, but I was, like, on one wound and ran 
and like it was like Oreos and Dockies just started showing up all around you, and you're like, whatever, I'm just gonna chill out. Oh no, I'm gonna run away now. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, you have unrevealed entourage. <laughs> yes. That is what's happening. I thought it was breakthrough. I remember thinking it was breakthrough. I was like, "How are you gonna get to my uh, zone from there? You're not gonna have enough yeah. time." Because that was a corners, I think, deployment or flank. It was one of the two. Yeah, I think it was. I think it might have been flank. Yeah, no, the bigger, yeah, the bigger I think it might have been flank. Didn't matter. But the the map was also kind of weird. It had a lot of sort of underground subterranean tunnely things. There's a lot of maps that we just could not go to or shoot through or see through or anything. And we were playing Reckoning. I remember that. Yeah. I remember I got some good points for Reckoning on a few things. Yeah. My guild autopsies, like I said, were doing a lot of work with their guns. And and you kept summoning stuff, which makes it easy for Reckoning, easier for Reckoning. Yeah. Well, but I kept summoning Ngaki that were like, I'm a Gaki, and now I'm at full health. Which was cool. Yeah. I think I, that's the reason yeah, that I like Molly from a spirit standpoint is the incorporeal gets around a lot of physical damage. And if you get within two or three models, they're they're at most of their health instead of almost all the way dead with a horror. Like if you've got two or three models and you summon a punk zombie, he's at three of seven. If you have two or three models and you summon a Gaki, he's at three of four. Yeah, that's fair. Well, the punk zombie is hard to kill. That's true. You know, but that's, uh, yeah, no, that's cool. I wish I could talk about that game some more, but I remember so very little of it. I remember that I had Assassinate. I remember this game actually very well for some reason. I don't know why. Did you actually kill Molly? I don't think you did. I did not kill Molly because it was, it was the debate of uh, do I kill Molly or not? And then I also had some ridiculousness with a nurse at the end of the game. We're like, I yeah, ended up. She paralyzed Molly for like the last. Yeah, two exactly. To, for one turn, and then I don't think I did the second on the fifth turn. I think I wanted to activate her right off so that you couldn't paralyze her. Yeah, and then I just tried to poison her up and maybe get Sebastian over there, but it didn't actually work out. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, a fun one. It was kind of crazy. I I charged yeah. Molly with the nurse. I remember that distinctly. I remember that, yeah. And you got the injection, and you're like, all right, so I'll give you some poison. I was like, do you have the uh, the take your meds trigger? And he's like, that's a thing? No, it is. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't paying attention. By it. Or maybe you just weren't thinking about it in the moment, but like any time yeah. I have an enemy, I'm thinking, or any, even any time I'm eject a friendly, I'm like, is there a take your meds that I can drop right now, which would be important. Yeah, I think it was one of those ones where I didn't have the cards in hand. That I thought you also were going for Massive Dose, which was the one that did... Oh, right. Yeah, I wanted Massive Dose. That's why. But I didn't have the thing to cheat that in, so I yeah. couldn't. And then I ended up paralyzing you and healing you anyway, so I was like, well... well I guess. that's There's not there's worse things yeah, than paralyzing. Do you want McMorning to stick around and lose out on Entourage? Yeah. Or do you want McMorning to try and kill Molly and hopefully get assassinate points? And I yeah, think I'd... you made the right choice going for netting points for yourself rather than like gambling with losing those points and also not getting assassinated. Yep. And I think my mistake for the game was not bringing Chiaki. <laughs> Probably true, yeah. Mine also, actually. <laughs> Against Rezzers. Yeah, that was a fun conversation where it's like, I'm choosing Rezzers. I will also choose Rezzers. Wait, what? Rezzers. 
Yeah, you need that condition removal against them. It's just really important in a lot of matchups. It would have helped me. Well, I mean, I could have removed the not being able to heal from the hanged, and then McMorning would have well, been... And- had I been had I been really trying to play to play, like this is one of those times where I knew I wanted to play Molly, and then we flipped strategy and schemes, and I was like, "This is not a Molly scheme." Yeah. Reckoning. Reckoning is not a good Molly list unless you're unless well, you go for like a Molly. Uh, I think you can do it. I think you can. But you have to not summon unless it. You have to be really particular about your summoning. You have to go for. Some heavy hitters, yeah. Because revelation is a good spell. I'm like, her summoning is nice, but whispers and revelation are really good. Yeah. And if you're playing hard, like really elite reckoning, reckoning crews, she can kill anything she wants with yeah. that whispers. I mean, it's not on her own, but she can whisper, and then her crew is going to kill that model. Like it's yeah. gonna, or they're not gonna have any salt. You can get the whispers to sink, yeah. Yeah, that was one of my. I, I learned. I taught someone about that in our my last league I played in at Flatlands, and it was playing against Lady J, and it was like Lady J like charged up on, and I had like four models left, including Molly, and he didn't kill Molly, and then Molly's like, well, whispers, revelation, revelation, and then everyone. Hit the hit, Lady J. Yeah, real, realistically, negative twist to all duels. That's a death sentence. Yeah, unless it's the very end of the turn or something ridiculous, yeah. but still. Yeah. So Molly, can't. I think it can be done, but in reckoning. But no, I I hear you. In terms uh, of, she's not the best. Although yeah. McMorning is not exactly the best of the crew. <laughs> well, I don't know. If you had done, if my surprise for you was that you didn't take the. Um, Especially with a relatively poison-heavy crew, like when I go for a poison crew in Resers, I do lots of poison on one model, expunge it, turning it into a flesh construct. And you played it totally differently to do lots of poison on a lot of models, or a, a middling amount of poison on a lot of models, and then spread out your induction and um, and your other auras to try and make it so that people who are poisoned are taking more damage from poison more often. It was yeah, like you were going for the boosted dots. I was going for the big boom with uh, with um, summoning on it. I think that's where the guild autopsies really come in, though. Yeah, is they were really good at putting a little bit of poison on a bunch of stuff with their guns, and you know you start to add up little bits of poison everywhere, and that those that uh, Sebastian or just kills yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's just a, it was just a different version of the poison list that I play, which was I'm really pretty cool. sure that's how I killed Azamu. No, yeah, it was it was one of those ones where like you couldn't activate him or he would die immediately. Yeah, well, that and uh, poison one doesn't get reduced by armor because yep doesn't get reduced by incorporeal because it's not a melee or a shooting attack and <laughs> yeah exactly so through him it's pretty tough against that crew. Um, right. Yeah, I had, I'm, I enjoy McMorning. He's a fun guy. He's solid. I like him a lot. He's one of my faves, which is why he's sitting at something like 13 games played for me, which is why I don't get to play him for like a year. I mean, you could play him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I mean, when we get to Adepticon, I'll be making decisions based on what's the best for the game rather than what's the best for my mistakes were made games. <laughs> no, yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. I mean, I, there's... I've got enough 
variety still that I'm not that worried about it, but yeah, it's one of those ones where at some point I'm gonna I know I'm gonna be like I'm just gonna play Seamus. <laughs> at some point in time, yeah. And I feel like you know I if I look at the masters that I have that are that are capped out, it's uh, Lilith, Nick Morning, and C Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Those are those are my jam, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's how it works. Obviously, you know, the ones you like are the ones you're gonna play more. Yeah. I think it's more for me. It's not about getting through everything really fast. It's just sort of being aware of like yeah, I don't I need to buy a new box because I've got like all these masters I've never played that are could be a lot of fun. But I, you know, other than reading them, I don't know them. Well, so I'm I think, not like in a rush. I don't think as much. Yeah. To get through everything, so. I think for me, it's like I have all these masters that I that I have all these preconceived notions about, or I've played a game with, and I felt one way about them. It's like it's like Vic syndrome. When I played Vix during Wave One, and I had a couple of bad experiences, like I guess I'm just done playing the Vix forever. And then I had that one good game where we played the Vix uh, during I think a three way, and I was like, all right, maybe I could still be into this. But then I started seeing like. There was someone at the shop who was playing them. There was someone from Monroe who was playing them. There's someone from my meta here who's playing them regularly. So it's like I don't want to play a, a super represented crew, which is why I don't play Vix. It's why I don't play, you know, I don't play a lot of Rezzers because everywhere I go, there's always been a Nicodem player. There's always been a Molly player. Um, I started in a meta with a Seamus player. So, like, I've never had a lot of... Rezzers wanting to be played. But then when I did, it's like McMorning, Kadai, Terra, the sort of offbeat ones. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the problem is that more people are just going to start playing this game and you're going to have to get over it. I am. <laughs> but I think that's why this is important because it's got, like, I've got all these different masters that I own now. And when I do the games to five challenge, which is what I'm in the middle of now, like I'll get a good rounded knowledge base for all these masters, and I'll actually be able to make educated assumptions on whether or not it's a master that I like to play. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make myself play Perdita five times, and I'm probably going to at the end of those five games think to myself, well, that was worthwhile and also boring, so I'm not going to play Perdita anymore. <laughs> but I want to try and get to the five games played so that I have. Yeah basis of knowledge for each of those masters that I own. And that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's how, I mean, that's what I did with Jan Lowe, and now I I love him. He's right? awesome. Like, <laughs> I played him like two or three games, and I'm like, uh, I just, I don't really care that much about all these, you know, ancestors, and they're all slow, and, and it's like, well, I don't really need to take all of you guys. I can bring like two of you and a bunch of other cool stuff and do crazy stuff and have That's a ridiculous about all of the masters. It's like anytime you go and I trust me there I, I know that there are times when the thematic crew is the best crew and I know that there are times when playing a thematic crew is fun because it just because it's fun. But I feel like any crew short of maybe Ramos that says, All I want to do is this one thing that I know that I can do and it's in my story that I do. Uh, tends to suffer. Like, if I do Terra as just burying mechanics, she ends up suffering. If I do Molly as just summoning, she tends to suffer. If I do Sonya Crit, well, no, Sonya Crit, if she just takes which she's pretty good. 
she's all right. We, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a negative. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's... Yeah, I think it's a question of knowing knowing what what to splash in for for great effect. Exactly. Yeah. And just being able to bring options. I don't know uh, why I'm bad at Arcanists because I don't have the good splash models. Like I don't have Mole Man. I don't have. Soulstone miners. I've heard those are sort of the cooligans of the of the Arcanist world. Yeah, I've played against the Soul uh, Soulstone miners, like the crazy worm one, right? That pops up in yeah. the middle of the game. Yep. Yeah, those things are good. <laughs> I played against someone who played that, and it was just like, this is annoying. Like it was like you just like, oh, I, you they have to be six inches away, but they're in, you know their charge is far enough that they can then charge something the next turn. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And you can put them like if you're if you're doing something that's like a breakthrough. Oh yeah, they're, they're... Uh, or the one the what they're one of the best models in the Arcanists for um, uh, uh, stake a claim because it's like, all right, I'm just gonna go ahead and put this one on the far left corner and this one on the far right corner. They'll both stake a claim and then they'll move six and then they'll defensive and then they'll stake a claim and then they'll move six and then. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you want to talk about your other game? You've played. A, a I played that game. I only... and I, see, Alan and I both like right after we had our last game and our last podcast, we both went into something called Tech Week. If you're a theater uh, <laughs> practitioner, you know what a Tech Week means. Uh, he and I were both basically dropped off the radar for two weeks. Uh, mine were the first two weeks. His were the second two weeks. And for three weeks, we were both just didn't we we don't talk to anybody. We don't do anything but Tech Week. Um, so I didn't go to the game store in any of those three weeks. This last Friday was my first Friday back, and I got to play a game against a Jacob Lynch player. I was playing as where did I put that? I was playing as Von Schill. It was oh no, it was it was Lucius, not Jacob Lynch. So I did a Von Schill versus a Neverborn Lucius. We were doing squatters rights. Uh, the schemes were line in the sand as always, make them suffer bodyguard, plant explosives, and assassinate. I thought to myself, assassinate on Lucius. Yeah, no thanks. I'm good. Um, I think I ended up taking uh, blah, 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 blah. What did I take? Oh, I took Make Them Suffer and Plant Explosives. I love Plant Explosives um, because I like being able to lock up points. Even if I'm only getting one or two points for it, like, I like to be able to say, I got those two points and you can't, like, there's nothing you can do to, to remove those points from the board, which I like. Um, and I took... I took uh, Make Them Suffer because I remember Bunchell being very killy, and he is, but the problem was Make Them Suffer only works if you have a really powerful master and potentially a henchman, but my list didn't involve a second henchman. I had a strong arm suit, which was an enforcer. I had a convict gunslinger. I had a couple librarians, which were enforcers, and then I had a trapper and a free corpsman, so I didn't actually have a second model able to score Make Them Suffer. So I ended up only getting one turn of Make Them Suffer points. And my biggest mistake was I charged in, I stabbed like a primordial magic and killed it in one hit. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll soften up this lawyer a little bit. So I stabbed the lawyer 
I read Joker the damage, and I killed a lawyer as well. So, like, the two prime soft targets are dead in one activation, and I only get one point for it. If I had waited until the next turn, like, if I had taken a stab at a Waldgeist instead, I could have, for the next turn, killed the lawyer and gotten a point for it uh, and doubled up on that instead. I think we ended up going 7-7. I wrote it down at the end of it. Yeah. We went seven and seven, I think, because uh, he got. I got three on my schemes. I went two and one, two for uh, uh, plant explosives and one for make them suffer. And he went three and zero. Oh. He couldn't get enough scheme markers down for unannounced line in the sand. Had he announced it, he would have won. But he got something like three scheme markers down. He almost got his fourth one. Um, but he got full points on Bodyguard for Candy because Bodyguard on Candy, by the way, is one of the most difficult things you'll ever have to try and do. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. all, right, uh, all right, I'm manipulative. Are you activating first near me? All right, you're paralyzed. All right, are you activating last near me? You're damaged. I also have Fears Given Form, so if you're activating near me at all, you have to take a target number 12 defense duel or take three damage. Also, I'm manipulative, so you have to take you have to take a challenge to target <laughs> me every time you target yeah. me. Um, he wasn't using the uh, the insight trick like at all, which was really good for me. If he had been, it probably would have been a lot harder because he would have been like, "Oh, good, that librarian who could who could you know uh, magic a cast three times and do a lot of damage to me." Nope. Now you're paralyzed instead. Uh, but yep. what he was doing was healing himself all the way back to full, basically at the start of every turn or at the end of every turn. Uh, it was there was nothing I could do to stop him from getting full points on. Like I I committed a free corpsman, a librarian, and a convict gunslinger all all at the same time. Had I been thinking about it, I would have dropped the I would have dropped the strong arm suit and the convict gunslinger. For a uh, tailor, because it would have been, uh, which he would have had bigger range to 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 stop more squatter rights and been a more of a, been more of a heavy gun than the strong arm suit ended up being, and a Johan for the same reason to clear conditions and to yep. um, to throw hammers to have a hammer. That's a bad idea. But I didn't I didn't do that. The well, guys, Taylor would have made make them suffer easier. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough game. It was fun though. Yeah, I do like uh, Lucius. He's a fun guy. It's true. I'm gonna have to play him some more. I will expect you to. Should have brought uh, Rusty Alice, man. That's I, your henchman. She's good. I played her last night, and she's she's real good. Mm-hmm. I made just. <laughs> Game number three? Yeah. Let's uh, move on. Last game was a game against Alan that we played last night. Um, he chose Rezzers, and he went with Nicodem. I chose Outcasts, and I went with Terra, partly because uh, we were doing Reconnoiter, and I wanted to see how Terra could play as a summoner because she can now. By the way, I don't know if you've read the new upgrades for um, for Karina or 
or any of them. But she's she definitely can be a functional summoner now, just so you know. Um, and because I knew that if I played Terra, I could put another check mark in both my resers and my outcasts because of the rules of the game. <laughs> yep. So I uh, I the was game theory head. right there. The game theory uh, challenge. A little bit of game theory, yeah. There you go. So I'm my list. A... Uh, my list was Terra with Eternal Journey, Obliteration Symbiote, and e oh, I said Eternal Journey twice. Took uh, two Eternal Journeys. No, no, Knowledge of Eternity was the other one. All right. Uh, and then I took a Taylor with uh, Tally Sheet and Oathkeeper. I took Rust Alice with From the Ether and Desolate Soul so that she could summon Abominations and uh, hopefully get some offensive summoning of Abominations through killing people with a gun, which didn't ever actually get to happen, unfortunately. And then I took Karina with Faces of Oblivion, which let her summon Horrors, and I got three Void Wretches. What was your yeah. list looking like, Alan? Well, I brought Nicodem in Reconnoiter. I know. Terrible person. What? Uh, <laughs> terrible. I brought, I brought uh, his upgrades. Some of those. I brought Mwahaha. I brought that just because of the sacking zombies for drawing cards, mainly. I mean, I've, I love Mwahaha just in general. But you know, the whole, a very good point. Being able to make zombies and then use them later is great. Also, especially with Nicodem, where they're not actually slow when they're within six. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I brought that one. Uh, obviously, I brought Undertaker because that's the one that lets you draw a card when something is killed or sacrificed within six inches. And then I also had Reaper's Grin, I think. Yeah, it was Reaper's Grin. That was it. So those were his upgrades. Reaper's Grin is the one that lets you, on a defense trigger, reduce to zero when you sacrifice an undead model within five. I thought it might have been more relevant, but it didn't really come up in the game. Well, it also gives him the soft cover bubble. What? Assassinate was in the pool, so it made sense, even though I never take it against Razor Masters. Well, that and it's it was corner deployment, too. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and neither of us were playing super shooty crews, we sort of both sat back a little bit and took you know took our time. Yeah. Um, and then I had Mortimer with Corpse Bloat. I didn't bring the shovel. I didn't feel like making him a 13-point model. <laughs> I had two, uh, two punk zombies, or yes, punk zombies, a flesh construct, Shiaki, with her upgrade... That lets uh, with the slow attack and which would have been very important. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. And then um, I had one other thing probably a rotten bell. That was it, which also did some work. Did some work. Yeah. Um, and then the pool. You had the pool written down, didn't you? Yeah, we got. Uh, it was reconnoiter, like you said earlier. Yes. Uh, we had Take Prisoner, Line in the Sand, Distract, Bodyguard, and Assassinate. Uh, I didn't want to deal with Take Prisoner because I knew that if it came out that it would he could just kill whatever it was with whatever he needed to to make it so that I couldn't take a prisoner and then resummon it. 
Um, I didn't take Line of the Sand either. I, we, we ended up both taking exactly the same thing, which was Distract and Bodyguard. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, at, at first I was thinking I was going to go for Assassinate, but then when I saw it was Terror, I said, uh, no. And <laughs> you know, when I you know outcast, I'm like, oh, it could be something. Easy. If it was Vicky's you know, Assassin, it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, you know, especially with Nicodem, where he's going to just make stuff that does lots of damage. Yeah. And then, uh, so I went with Bodyguard, actually, on Shiaki. And I went with Bodyguard on Rusty Alice, presuming she was going to be sort of a backfielder trying to make Abominations downfield with her gun. Uh, but the way the board was set up ended up making her sort of get bottlenecked coming around this corner and was very much a frontline model. She did play a lot like mini Leviticus, though, because I did get to use the Faces of Oblivion trigger. Miles would have been proud because she just came up and and whacked Shiaki for 8 damage uh, near the end of the awesome. game, which was really fun. Like that's such It was such a good moment and uh, a really a, a, a sort of power move. But then she was also out in the open where, you know what I should have done? Oh. Do you know what I should have done? What? Rusty comes out, hoe slaps uh, Shiaki into the ground. Then my uh, Void Wretch comes around the corner, bites her, and buries her. Yep. And then Tara brings her back out on the other side of the field. That would have been pretty brutal. Because, well, I guess that comes to how the game broke down. I had, like I said, I had Bodyguard on Shiaki. Mm. Uh, and I kept her, you know, back a little ways. And that's the I, Bodyguard on those low-cost guys like that that aren't super hitty, but they aren't fun to attack either, is, is always a nice little pick. Like, I like putting on Tannin and stuff like that, where it's somebody who's not a high-priority target... But it is also very difficult to take off the table. Yeah, and especially with manipulative and just like, well, I could attack that or I could attack this punk zombie who's going to flirt me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Slow is annoying and, you know, being coming in is significant until the end of turn or until her next activation is annoying, but being flurried by a punk zombie is probably more annoying. <laughs> I think my big mistake for the game was, uh, and this is this is the same thing. I think this is the reason why I want to get a lot of games with a lot of masters in, is so I know like the same thing happened with Molly. I put Molly in a bad place at the beginning of the game, and I ended up trying to do something that was sort of effective on multiple battlefronts, and therefore was not effective on either of them. The same thing happened with Terra, where it's like my initial bombing run to drop Taylor, the Taylor welcoming committee into Nicodem's uh, loving grasps was spot on. It was perfect. She made her move. She reactivated. She boogied down the field. She came back to the um, came back to the, the deployment zone using Eternal Journey, and then from there it all went to hell. Like I. I tried to move her to one side of the field. I realized that my left flank was getting overwhelmed, so I was like, well, maybe I'll move her back over to the left flank. By the time she got back, that was overwhelmed. She wasn't going to be able to take down all of the heat on the left flank all by herself, so I eternal journeyed again to try to get back over to the right flank. But that one was cooling down, so she needed to be sort of stonewalling on the left side. Yeah, it was just not... Like, I should have committed to something and gone for it instead of hemming and hawing and trying to make her do 
all the things instead of and any of doing yeah. Yeah, like I said, we were in corners, and it was like I started moving. You moved north from the bottom corner, and I moved south from the the, the top corner, you know, opposite sides of the board, obviously, with the force. And so we both both basically like killed everything in the corner, you know, that we were going for. I did mine a lot quicker because there was less stuff. But then, you know, our upper uh, corner there was hotly contested up until like the end of turn four. Yeah. Even then, it wasn't like you know solidified for you. It's still, yeah, we ended up calling it turn four because we didn't need to see what turn five was going to look like. Oh no, we did. We started turn five. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we started it because it was bodyguard, and you killed Shiaki, and it was if you could have kept Rusty alive, you would have won the game because yeah. you would have you had a two point swing. But I, and then but I then it was like I ended up using tons of cards to try and get. Something I was trying to keep something. I was trying to kill Shiaki, and I was using my discard to get bonus to my positive twist. So it's like I cheated to get the face of death trigger. Yeah, you I discarded that. two cards to get to a straight flip on a tie. I uh, discarded a severe to be able to do the primary amount of damage, and then I think I even did. I think my last card ended up being. Yeah, you, you uh, discarded three cards for that to get it to a straight flip. Is what it was. No, I only had to discard two, because it was a double negative. I discarded one, it was a single negative. I discarded one, it was a straight. Yeah, and then you got the straight, and then you cheated in, but you ended up with no cards in hand. Which made both the the Guild Autopsy and the Flesh Contract got to take two turns, and that's what ended up killing Rusty, which is the funniest part, because the the Guild Autopsy has like a five combat... And he does minimum damage two with poison. It was just, it just. Yeah, no, it's his combat on his sword is only four, but yeah. Because he was he was in melee. His sword is only four. His gun's five. Yeah, and he got in there and he was just he got some decent flips and you didn't have any That's cards in hand. I didn't have any cards left to cheat to defend. Yeah. Yeah. So I I got a few, and then I got you know. And I had summoned him. I mean specifically for that reason because you were out of cards. I was like, well. Then, <laughs> yeah, it was a re- it was a master stroke, I will say. And then I and then I had uh, also locked up my points for uh, distract at that point. I had all three, so yeah, I didn't need to worry about that anymore. So that helped a lot with me being able to just focus on killing and not being like worrying about the distract. Yeah. And then yeah, that that ceaseless advance though is is a brutal thing. I got a few good like lucky flips on that too, like that. Necropunk summon, where yeah. I just had no cards in hand. I was like, "Well, I'll burn a stone for a crow and flip, and maybe I'll get a, you know, the card I need." And I, I did the exact card he needed. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "I need a five. I need a, you know, whatever the math is for a. I need a fifteen total, so I needed like an eight, I think. Let's cast six. Oh no, I think I was at cast seven because I discarded a corpse or something to get the bonus too. So. Yeah. So I was able to summon two student of Viscera's and yeah, one and one abomination throughout the game. Um, the the way that the way that Karina summons is actually really 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 interesting because what you can do like you know how you always want to start the game with a buried model or relatively quickly get a model buried so that Terra can sort of taxi it and then put it somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, when Karina m- makes a model, like it's effect, it's immediately effective, 
and then at the end of the turn it's buried and slowed and takes half of its wounds and damage. But the Void Wretches have an ability that clears um, uh, conditions off of the buried model and heals it for something like 2, 3, 4. So right after it buries, you can activate Terra, do your reactivate thing, do a couple of moves, and get her sort of into a new position, then use a Void Wretch to heal up and take slow off of that model, and then by the end of the turn, you can drop off another model wherever you need it. Yeah, that was a nice nice little setup thing. It was a lot of fun. There was talk online about uh, Karina being able to summon something at full wounds for such and such. Then, and I, almost, I did end up doing this once. So Karina summons a model. It takes its activation. Rusty Alice uh, reactivates that model and burns it out. So it takes all but one wound and gets to, gets to reactivate. And then at the end yep. of the turn, when it buries, it sacrifices itself. So the next turn, she can summon again without having to worry about there being a horror model buried. Yeah. So the only fun. problem I have with that is you end up having, you know, you get two full activations, but you waste a, you have to have a good card in hand, and you have to wait. Like, you can't burn for the crow, rusties. but you need the crow. Yeah. And you yeah, need cause... something like a 10-up for burn up to burn out anyway. Yeah, so it's not, it's a, it's a big, uh... It's kind of corner case, but it's a, it's, yeah. it's, it's very positive when you can get to go off, but it's hard to get to go off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My number one thing that I did with my fate that was the that was a real brutal move that Nicodem pulled off that I had I had because I had grade with uh, what was it what's it called when you had because Taylor charged in and got my flesh construct down to one wound yeah you know, and then there. she dropped off of the Malifaux like my my goal was get Taylor into Nicodem summoning range so that he can't summon the first turn and yeah. it works because it's like all right Taylor will go welcome Malifaux. And so there was a, there were like three corpse counters back there, and he was very excited to get to use them. And then they were, and then they were, she was in, she was with him, she was there. That was the second turn. Yeah. The first time I did, I got to summon some punk, some mindless zombies, and then turned one into something. Into Shikome, yeah, because I summoned those Shikome. That's right. First turn. Shikome. And then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, they they pursued a flare on distracting people later, so that was really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no the the trick was with the with the Undertaker with the where's it at? I can't remember what it was. It was a it was super fun because I had my flesh construct down to one wound. Oh, it's the on decay. Yeah. Yeah, because I couldn't use the corpse counters on turn two. Was Taylor was there? I mean, I could have, but I didn't want to obviously for the free charge and everything. And then, uh, so in Decay, I used the Desiccation trigger. So first off, I, I targeted my Flesh Construct, got a blast that hit Taylor, and then got the Desiccation trigger, which is after succeeding, discard a Corpse Marker with an 8 to heal all damage on one friendly model that was healed by this action, which put my Flesh Construct from, you know, 1 and then 3 up to 13 wounds again. And yeah. he survived the rest of the game because of that. And that's just such a nice little thing. That I got to do. Super cool. Before and Taylor it's... got taken out, she also yeah. uh, smashed Sebastian's face in with a hammer, which was nice. Uh, Mortimer, but yeah. Mortimer, that's right. But I also yeah, used no, almost all she of. She did a her. lot of work. She she took out. She tied up a ton of activations. She took. 
Well, she took one. The flesh construct took one of his activations. The necropunk or the punk zombie took one of his. Mortimer charged her at one point. I mean, that was the one right there that was silly because I activate. I won initiative, even though you had a positive, and then it was punk zombie flurried her, and then Mortimer charged her, and I and you like burned like stones and kept flipping like severes on your preventions and stuff, and I was like, uh, all right. You earned it. <laughs> I wasted a bunch of stones, and Mortimer's going to die, because he's always been doing his hurting himself all game. I had two models at seven. I was like, I need to get I need to get a severe... I need to hit twice or get a severe and a moderate or something to kill something. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll hit him. I got a week. All right, I'll hit him again. Oh, severe, look at that. You're dead. Yep, that's um, pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, I used a lot of resources, and I think it ended up giving me a lot for the rest of the for the rest of the round. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do any of my normal shenanigans stuff that I wanted to do with with uh, Rusty because I didn't have any stones. And when it came down to trying to keep Rusty alive for bodyguard, I couldn't because I didn't have any stones. Like if I had saved them there, yeah. I would have lost a little bit of ground in the way upper corner, but I probably could have kept Rusty alive a little better. Oh yeah, I'm for sure. I think. That would have. I think that you should have give up the ghost. Although then Mortimer would have been alive, and I would have just been like unen- unencumbered at all up there. Just Mortimer making corpse markers and Nicodem sending stuff out. You know. Yeah. So it would have been, been tough. Been a, uh, a totally different game, but it would have been all very tough either way. I think. I should have split the difference and gone with like I. I should have done a little bit of. Yeah. Well, I think if you hadn't, yeah, it was the the being able to keep her alive through Mortimer's activation and then kill him was really vital to the game because if, if she had died before that I would have had you know those two up there just doing shenanigans. Yeah. They could have came in and you know pressured the bottom corner and probably denied using reconnoiter points earlier because I think the last, the turn five I denied it. I could have denied it. I don't, we didn't play it out but Right. Because I had my flesh construct left and a bunch of stuff that could have moved in and tied up the bottom corner there. With my, I had my Shikome still. And, but yeah, it was uh, definitely a lot of fun on the game. I, I haven't played Nicodem in probably a year. Yeah, I haven't played. Uh, I haven't played Terra since the I got the box from year before last to Depticon. So it's like I got I got Terra's box. I put it together. I played her in the beta when the beta first released. Yeah, you played her a little bit after. And then, no, I, I think I played one game, and then um, Miles played a few games with her. Oh, right, that was it. It wasn't... Yeah, but I only ever played the one game with her, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. No, I did play one more. I played, played one two. with her while she was a reser, and I, dry, I used uh, spare parts while spare parts were still being tested. Yeah. So maybe I'm at three games with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, I am at three games. I was right. Yeah. I have three games with her right now. Damn it. I thought I got another free game yeah. out of it. Oh. It's from the Rememory. <laughs> yep. Right on. So what are you going to get to? You, you said before the show started that you were going to get to do a little more sort of ramping up the gaming. What, what do you think you're going to do? What do you think? Um... Well, right now, my my briefcase, my little briefcase. I have I have three bags. I have the little one, that's like a drill bag, and then I have the briefcase, which is the Salvation Army find, 
that has foam in it now. And then I actually have like a real bag which is gigantic and I'm tired of because it's too big. Because I'm lazy. And it's and it's like an army transport, you know, just generic foam full of foam bag that I got used. And in my briefcase is Ten Thunders land and given my my purchases that I made over the Black Friday sale. I think I'm going to be going for the Ten Thunders and trying to get some games with Mizaki nice. and maybe some more with Yanlo. That's if I like actually assemble these models that I bought. <laughs> this I, is the uh, longest I think I've had a model that I haven't assembled. You know? Nice. I, I think I um, I took Outcasts. I've been carrying around... My, my big bag got peed on by my cats like a while ago. That's disgusting. It was awful. Luckily, it didn't get into the bag. The bag is sort of um, waterproofed so that water doesn't get in there for, like, rain and stuff, which is great because it means all of my models don't smell like pee, and they could have. <laughs> that was cool. uh, so I threw away the bag, and now I'm going back to using just my Makita bag with that Battle Foam upgrade thing that I got yeah. for it. I have to get a new bag. It's going to suck. I don't want to have to deal with it, but I need it. So I'll have to get a new bag at some point in time. But it's loaded up with Arcanists and Outcasts because I was going to do a demo with my friend Mason while I was in town. And I did. He played Outcasts. I played Arcanists. Um, looking at my percentages, if I want to get another group to 100%, Arcanists is my best bet. I have eight games to play with Arcanists before I'm done with them. Uh, if I want to get rid of my last goose egg, I've got to go into Guild and play McCabe. If I want the smallest numbers of games played to get to 100%, it's either Resers or Outcasts at seven games each. Yeah. But if I play Resers or Outcasts, then I'll be playing Terra, which will get me allow me to double up. You know, like... Playing two more games with Terra will get me closer in Resers and Outcasts. Mm-hmm. And Terra was a lot of fun, but I got a painter. I did one model. I tried to paint the Nothing Beast monochromatic, and I really am unhappy with how it came out. So I'm going to try and strip it with Simple Green. But I had to paint all those first. Yep. Or just keep playing them on Vassal. Who cares about painting on Vassal? I have I have become a fan of Vassal. It is, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a slick system, yeah. It's really really nice. Some and, of the maps are a little weird. I think like I don't love all the maps. There's one of them in there that was very open and had like nowhere to hide, and it was just all big open terrain with uh, rough terrain. So you have like you get stuck out in the middle and you won't have anything to do. So it's like Perdita's wet dream. Um. But for the most part, they're all pretty good, pretty balanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fun setup. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to... I'm going to be out at the shop on Wednesday and maybe Saturday. I'm I'm hoping I can do Saturday. I think I might be working Saturday night because I'm a madman, but other than that... uh, (laughs) Getting some games out there, maybe another game on Vassal. Might play against somebody other than Rudy on Vassal. Might be. Fun. Oh no, that's one of the things that we want to do for our one of our future shows. 
Yeah. The, 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 has Joe still not talked about this? You haven't been out for a while. I haven't seen Joe in Joe probably. <laughs> Twittered me or Facebooked me or something a while ago and was like, so here's what we need to do. Uh, mistakes were made versus cheated fates. I'll play against you because Alan's still in my meta and Alan can play against Adam and then we'll come back and do a great big round table talking about the games we played and how where we went wrong. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And it was like, if only Vassal had a way to do doubles. And then we were talking about, he and I were talking about doubles and balanced doubles and stuff like that and uh, English doubles versus American doubles. And one of the things that he and I sort of talked about was this idea that the really the only way to do fair doubles is to have... Four, play, four people break into two games, play the same faction versus faction, and then um, the same schemes and strategies for those games. So, like, each of the teams have the same, you know, crew to pick from and the same schemes to play. And then you sort of um, tally both sets of points together. So if you, if you and I got a 7 and a 6 and they got an 8 and a 3, then it would go 11 versus... 13, and then that would be your overall. That would put be on different. Put it on different boards, is what you're saying. On different boards, exactly. Like you'd you'd, uh, you'd both play games, and then you'd average the results. So it's more like a, that seems more like a teams competition than doubles. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's definitely the most balanced way, I'm sure. But it's also not nearly as exciting or fun as being able to find broken combinations. Yeah, and like oh, yeah, and being able to like just activate a master and then. Have another one on the table. It's always fun. Yeah. The sad thing is, I'm really, really, really nervous about doubles now at Adepticon because Mark from your meta told me about his his doubles team. Who's he playing with? He and someone else are going to do Vix and Terra. Wow. So it's like Vicky gets buried. Terra activates, runs, 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 drops Vicky in your deployment zone, and then the Student of Conflict and Victoria of Ashes pull her all the way back up the table. Yep. Then they bury her again, and Terra, who used Eternal Journey, can put her wherever she needs to be on the second turn, and then pull her all the way back up the table, and then put her where she needs to be on the third turn, and then pull her all the way back up the table. It just sounded really, really awful. It's like, you remember how bad the Taylor Bomb was? Think about how bad the Taylor Bomb would be if I could drop her on you wherever she needed to be and fast at the beginning of every turn. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. So that's terrifying to me. And I'm trying to think of how what I would do to stop that. And Mark's like, well, the, really the only thing you do is... Um, I mean, they were also talking about each of them taking a bunch of rats or abominations or things so that they can really stall you out on activations. And then once things start dying, they turn the rats into a rat king, and then they turn the rat king into a rat catcher, and then someone else has a significant, like, worthwhile activation again. It was just ugly sounding. <laughs> and then I was like, why aren't, I, why aren't we just playing that? Why aren't I playing Terra? And then I had a big conversation with him, and now I'm going to try Terra out, because I have to for the challenge anyway. And It just sounds like if you play the Vickies right, it's so brutal that it's hard to have a good game, right? Like I feel like if yep. you've done it right, you're clearing off so much of that crew that 
you've crippled them on turn one. So the game really isn't about attrition, it's about what do I have left. You're talking in general versus the Wikis or in that... that? In, in general versus the Wikis. Uh, things I've played against them a few times and they are brutal, but I've never felt like silly outmatched, I guess. Yeah. I guess maybe it's just, again maybe it's just a question of of play style. Like I don't, I, I guess I sort of like having a sword and a shield, you know, instead of just being a bunch of swords. Yeah, I mean it could have been just the games I played were schemes and strats that I was very confident in. Like if, I know, remember I remember distinctly playing against them with uh, Molly, and that was a game where it was like, well, if I win initiative on turn two. I'm going to chain activate Molly into Killjoy and kill like three models. <laughs> and it's like if you win activation, you're going to chain activate the Vix and kill most of my crew, you know. So it was like <laughs> yeah, it was like it was one of those where it's like either I'm going to, you know, it's like it's it's there's you know disgusting things everywhere, I guess. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's another one. It's something that we've been saying for for years now. Everything's everything is broken. Everyone's broken. That was the thing is I played against Mark when he was playing. This was like one of his early games with the Vix, though. So I, I, unfortunately, didn't get to play him. We were on course to play in a tournament against each other, which would have been fun. But I had to, I had to drop for, I forgot why, but there was something I had to go do that was pressing. So I had to drop the tournament. Oh, uh, that's the tournament that he said he won following the simple strategy of. Yeah. Wipe everyone off the table by the end of turn two or lose. Yeah, that was in Monroe, and that was the one where it was like... I had played against him with Vix a couple weeks before with Seamus and beat him, and I was like, well, I've played against the Vix enough that I am, you know, at least (laughs) semi-confident. Yeah. I mean, you've seen seen me do the Vic bomb. You've seen me... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know what's going on. I'm I'm not, like, unaware of it, so I think it's a little easier to prepare for and you know I've played against it a few times so it's like I, I know what models I can bring and really take advantage of against them yeah. and and Seamus isn't has got a decent game against them I feel Seamus just because okay. he can I mean he can spread Seamus, out and he can do a lot of damage to Seamus one of them and kill back alley focus shoot kill the Vicky yeah exactly I mean then you're still you're still in a better position than most crews because like the problem with Vicky's for most crews is, all right, I'm going to stall you, I'm going to stall you, I'm going to stall you, I'm going to use like everything I can to keep keep Vicky blood and give keep blood, ash, and the student of conflict for last. Wait till you get a little further down the field and clump up. And once I see, you know, a choice target that's not a bait, I'm going to drop blood onto you, and she's going to massacre everybody. Yeah, yeah cool. and Seamus's crews, like I've said, is can be very independent. Yeah, where you're just like, well, you know, I've got hanged, and he's just gonna do his thing, and I've got Seamus, and he's gonna do his thing, and you know, they don't need to be like all on top of each other to accomplish stuff. Unlike a lot of crews, where it's like That's a lot true. of ranges matter, especially with Rotten Bells, because you know his healing thing with the willpower tools. It's like, well, it's a Rotten Bell. It's not like <laughs> they need to be close to each other in any way. Yeah. Are just silly. Do, do, do. Checking the thing. It doesn't actually tell us. I was checking to see how long we've been recording. 
Well, we started a little after one, and it's a little after two, I think. So, probably so about an hour. About time where we should wrap it up, huh? Um, so future future episodes. Um, we're we're thinking about talking about this. There was a a guy on the forums who made up this challenge called the nine over four, where you have nine nine masters, four factions, three masters per faction. And how you would do that? I I want to try doing it with even more limitation, which is the six over three. You have six masters over three factions, and you have what would that be? Two masters per faction? Yeah, that oh. would have to be. Oh, it's only two masters per faction. Yeah, it has to be. We're right. trying to do it with three masters perfection with that six over like. Uh, you, could, you could either do you could either do six over two and go for three masters over two fa- three ma- six masters over two faction yeah. perfection, or two over three. Wait, six. If you did six over two factions, you could do three and one and three and another. Yeah, I do. Except you wouldn't have to do any over. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say that's really easy. It's just oh. You'd want to do six over six over two. No, what? <laughs> two over three. No, six over three with two masters perfection. Yeah. Okay. Maths. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um. The other ones are the the Joe versus Rudy, Alan versus Adam. Mistakes were made. Cheated fates. Face off. Uh. Joe recently posted on Twitter. It was for a question to be answered for um, the Malifools. I don't know if they answered it or not. But his question was, uh, true or false, Lady Justice is both one of the most straightforward and most complex guild masters. Uh, I, I would love to talk to him about that, especially knowing that he's a big Lady Justice player from, from, from your meta. Um, and he also whooped our ass with us, whooped our ass during um, that one Adepticon game in Dug- what, game two? That was game uh, three. Yeah, he just trashed us. Well, to be fair, who didn't trash us in the doubles of Adepticon? <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Uh, and our last game was a 10-10 tie, so... <laughs> I mean, I felt pretty thrashed in that game. And that I had two models left at the end of turn three. Oh, yeah. No, I was doing good in that game. We were, I, was, <laughs> I was like, I have a round and Seamus. <laughs> Somehow, uh, I don't know how that happened. Well, we were playing against Sony and Perdita, so that's probably how that happened. Well, and they were they they saw all of the models on your side on your team as the big threats, and so they focused you down. And then meanwhile, well, I had the hanged. I had Mortimer, and yeah, they got Sebastian's so like, I'm gonna make a dog. I'm gonna make another dog. I'm gonna make another dog. Um, and then I know that I, I don't know if it actually belongs on our show so I'm going to say maybe it should be on uh, the Before We Begin podcast but I know Dan and Joe both really love Nicodem I want to see a Nicodem face off oh, that would be so yeah I don't know about that I know, I and I know that um, he had a he had a face off against Conrad at Adepticon, which was Nicodem versus Nicodem. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't count because Conrad didn't bring Mahaha. That's what I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what makes it. If you don't like, yeah, that's 
I was talking to Lee at the shop the other day. Like, that's the number one reason for that upgrade is for the anti-reser game. Yeah. Oh, man. I still also want to try a Kadai with Mohaha. Did I ever tell you about that one? I think so, yeah. Just oh, the ability to use them to summon things. Yeah, well, you can you can summon off of them with Kadai, and then every time every time they die, they you, it's because you're not sacrificing them, you're doing damage to them, and they're still dying, then they're turning back into corpses. Yeah. So, like, you bring a bunch of cheap um, undead models like... Or not even Kruligans, but um, hounds, whatever. You summon off them a couple times, they die, they turn into corpses, mwahaha, instead of stationing, and you can just continue to summon off of them and continue to get corpses, which is great. And if they try and shoot, uh, like if they try and shoot um, mindless zombies around you, which why would they? But if they do, then you can bring out the Akirio. Yeah. Looks pretty solid. I think I've got one game with with uh, Kedai left. I do. I'm at four or five. I have one game with Kedai left. I think it's going to be a Mohaha game. That sounds like an interesting setup. That'd be fun to see. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. Hmm. All right, man. I guess we should uh, wrap it up. I think we should. That's right. I mean, yeah. Uh, again, sorry about the quality on the last recording. We had to make it so small enough so that it would fit on the tiny pittance of what we had left of bandwidth for the for the month. Uh, we're gonna try and stay at 128 kbps this month, but go down to mono, which cuts the file size down. It's all very technical, um, but uh, hopefully that will allow us to make a couple of medium length, good sound quality episodes per month. And if not, then we'll try to do a, a medium length and then a couple shorter ones, except that's... Just uh, pony up the extra money. How much extra? It's like a ton extra, though, right? It's only, like, well, I think it's like $60 more for the so year. it's like a little more than double more. Yeah, well, no, it's, cause it's like 30-something for the, the basic, which we got, and then it was like 90 for the other one, so yeah. Well, we we'll burn that bridge when we cross it. Yeah. As we uh, cross it. As we, exactly. Light the light the flames, kick the tires, light the fires, whatever. Um, all right. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I uh, we you can get us at mwmpodcast at gmail dot com, or you can get me at at r shubuck at Twitter, uh, on Twitter? I think it's our Shubak R. Is it Shubak R? Here's the thing. I did Shubak R for everything, and then my work gave me our Shubak as my work email, and now it's everything's getting jumbled. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm at Shubak R, which is S-C-H-U-E-P-B-A-C-H-R, uh, or you can find me through uh, MWM Podcast, or at, at MWM Podcast. We also have a, a show Twitter account. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at the Mistakes Were Made podcast. Uh, actually, it's MWM podcast, or at Al forty three seventeen. That's my personal Twitter, but I do both. I do. I have both up on the Tweet Deck. So Tweet Deck, right? Loves yeah, I got that. It's pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, 
cool. Talk to you. Did I, did I drop an F-bomb today? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> and show. Because I said we had one F-bomb guaranteed. I, I have to ask you the